another episode of Ghost Emoji. I'm your co-host, Taylor. And me, your other co-host, Becca. There's two of us, two whole co-hosts. Together we make one mega-host. Is it like Voltron where we fold up our bodies and combine to create, like, a better person? I don't know, a better person. A bigger person. Okay, that's <laughs> well, isn't that better? Bigger is better. In Texas, of course. We're just one big Texas of a human being. Mm-hmm. I want to be the panhandle. Okay, that's fair. Not because I necessarily like the panhandle, I just, I like how it sticks out. I'm okay with being the part that's at the bottom. You want to be the coast? Yeah, I'll be the coast. Ooh, curvy and fishy. Mm-hmm, curvy and fishy. <laughs> that's, that's my nickname from college. <laughs> I know, I forget everyone used to call you that. Mm-hmm. Kind of hurt my feelings, so. But now you've embraced it. Yeah, now I, that's who I really am. Well, I'm glad that, that you've grown as a person. I hope they have too, those those rude, rude people. That's not what nobody called me anything in college. (laughs) No, just your name, just your beautiful name. Yep. What's in a name? Are you going to quote Shakespeare? (laughs) No, I was going to just, I wanted to talk about the bunny man and his name, because it's the bunny man. We're talking about the bunny man. Legend of the bunny man. And his bridge, the Mm. bunny man bridge. What is it with like half animal men and their their fetish for bridges they just haunt bridges they're like you know what sounds good let's um i've picked this bridge this is gonna be my new cool hangout hello mtv this is my crib it's a bridge (laughs) it's all i could get don't give me a hard time i don't know i mean what else do people haunt asylums old prisons bridges I mean, maybe it's just nice because it's a little more contained. I figure, like, haunting something like an entire forest, it's just you have to hire staff. There's a lot more overhead for all that space. You have to get, like, an arborist. Yeah, the upkeep. The upkeep would be killer. (laughs) To make sure the trees all look properly spooky. Yeah. You know, I just, a bridge is nice, especially if it's, like, a federal property or state property. And, you know, someone else has to take care of the potholes for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, I imagine they spend millions just shipping in bugs. We need more bugs. We need all the spiders, like spiders as big as a person's hand, a large person's hand. For the bridge or for the, the woods? No, for a forest. Oh, for a forest. Yes, this is true. Lots of bugs. Lots of variety. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, he's on a bridge. Do you, do you think that there are haunted, like, well, we've talked about haunted boats, Mm-hmm. But I wasn't thinking, like, ships. I was thinking, like, shitty speedboats. <laughs> no. I don't know. I guess I always just imagine that it's got to be stuff that's really old. Yeah. I don't know. Especially, like, haunted apartment buildings. But what if it's only, like, you know, 10, 15 years old? I mean, I guess it depends on the spooky death per year. The death per capita? Yeah, death per capita. Let's get into to ghost real estate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's not. Let's talk about the bunny man. You've got things to do. I guess. You're a very busy lady. Only in the next, like, two hours. After that, it's nothing. <laughs> it's empty for weeks. Empty for weeks. All right. The bunny man uh, and his legend, the legendary bunny man. Um, it's a legend slash urban myth that's circulated for maybe like since the 1970s and it's like all urban legends it has many forms so we're gonna kind of focus on one main one and maybe mention some of the differences but 
This is the one that I read about the most. This one says that in 1904, a asylum prison in Clifton, Virginia was shut down due to a petition from the residents in Fairfax County nearby because they didn't like the idea of people with mental illness living so close to their homes, which is kind of rude. But the petition went through, and so they were starting to transfer all of the inmates out into a nearby prison, which was Lorton Prison. And then one of the 15 transports crashed, and most of the people on this, they called it a bus. And I feel like we've had this question before. When did buses start? Is 1904 too early for buses? Oh, we have definitely answered this question before. (laughs) Damn it. Uh, When did buses? I feel like this was like our first or second episode. We were talking about bridges and we were trying to figure out if that haunted bus in San Antonio could have even really been a bus. There were horse-drawn buses previous to 1830, but steam buses emerged in the 1830 as a public transport system. Okay, so maybe in 1904 they could have had something like that. That seems logical, because I mean, if they had steam-powered buses in 1830, then I think by 1905 it's fair to assume that there were actually buses. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so one of these crashed, the driver and a lot of the inmates actually were killed, but 10 inmates able were able to escape from the crash and kind of disperse into the nearby woods. Of course, a search party was started, and they found all but two of the inmates, uh, and that was Marcus Walster and Douglas J. Griffin were the two inmates that they could not find. When I read his name, since there's not two Fs, I was like, Griffon? Griffon. Griffon? I don't know. You'll have to ask him. Can we call him? No, you don't want to call this man. Are you sure? I'm positive. Okay. Well, locals allegedly started to find hundreds of cleanly skinned, half-eaten carcasses of rabbits hanging from the trees in the surrounding areas. Which, to be fair, like, I mean, they're hungry, I'm sure, and they're living in the woods, so, you know. Yeah, but it seems a little... I guess hundreds is a little much. And it kind of seems like a a display. Oh yeah, it says half-eaten. That's kind of... Okay, I I read that <laughs> sentence but didn't actually think about it comprehensively. I just imagine you standing in the woods and there's like half-eaten rabbit carcasses just hanging from the trees around you. Like a, a Christmas tree celebration. You're like, this is normal. This is fine. They're just hungry. Yeah, no. Okay, I see the problem. Everything's fine. I'm going to continue now. (laughs) So eventually the police located the remains of Marcus Walster skinned and hanging from a bridge overpass. Oh, okay. Well, then there's definitely a problem. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Also known as the Bunny Man Bridge. Along the railroad tracks at Colchester Road. Officials named the last missing inmate Douglas... J. Griffon, or Griffin, I guess if you want to be boring, as their suspect and named him the Bunny Man. Some versions say that there was a note pinned to Wolster's body that read, you'll never catch the Bunny Man, or something like that. You'll never catch the Bunny Man. He couldn't come up with anything better? Well, I feel like that's kind of apocryphal, just because I don't know how he would know that they called him the Bunny Man, if that was the whole reason why they started calling him that unless he's like reading the newspapers and then fleeing back into the woods or whatever i don't know i figure he's probably pretty busy i mean catching hundreds of rabbits and skinning them and hanging them from trees seems like it would take up most of your day yeah he definitely has more on his docket than just getting a pedicure and then being free for the rest of the week 
excuse you. <laughs> All right. So in this version of the legend, police were finally able to track down Griffin. But during their capture attempt, he actually like ran out onto the overpass, climbed onto the tracks, and then was hit by an oncoming train. And supposedly after the train had passed by and like he's obviously dead, they said that they could still hear like laughter in the air. And I guess, cause was that like his haunted laughing ghost, like leaving his body? I don't know. But after all of this, they went back to see why Griffon had been institutionalized. And it was for chopping up his family with an axe on Easter Sunday. The bunny man, <laughs> Easter Sunday. It's, it's oh, a little bit much. That's too... <laughs> a little much. Wow. They were just like, that's right on the nose. Right on this little bunny's well, nose. Did the easter bunny become like a thing mm, let's look give me a moment tell me the story of a bunny man when did the easter bunny start sing me the song of the bunny man oh wow okay uh according to some sources the easter bunny first arrived in america in the 1700s with german immigrants who settled in pennsylvania and transported their tradition of an egg-laying hare called osterhaus or osterhaus their children made nests in which this creature could lay its colored eggs. Cool, cool, cool. So, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Okay. Here I was being like, how would that even... Why would they even know about it? <laughs> Shit adds up, I guess. I mean, other than it just being a little much. Yeah. Oof. So, for years after the bunny man's death, in the time approaching Halloween, carcasses are said to have been found hanging from the overpass and from trees in the surrounding area. A figure was reportedly seen by pedestrians making their way through the one-lane bridge tunnel. And the legend says that if you walk all the way down the tunnel at around midnight, the bunny man will grab you and hang you from the entrance of the bridge. Ooh. Seems fake, but okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got all the trappings <laughs> of a good, like, urban legend sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why Halloween got pulled into it. At this point. Shouldn't it be Easter? Well, he killed his family on Easter Sunday, but I don't know if all this happened actually on Easter. Although I guess it was a special holiday for him. Well, he needs to stay on theme because I can't keep up. <laughs> uh, he's got, he's a multifaceted urban legend. You can't pin him down. Okay, well, you can't go back and forth from Easter Sunday to Halloween just all willy-nilly killing bunnies. You've got to pick one. Pick one and stick to it. Strange deaths and phenomena have been connected with the Bunny Man Bridge over time. Uh, there was a young man from Clifton, Virginia, who came upon the bridge while traveling, and later he killed his parents and dragged their bodies into the woods to hang them from the bridge and then killed himself. So I don't know if that's like a weird Mothman thing where like you see them and then hmm. you start doing weird stuff, or what? I don't know. And then in 1943, three teenagers, two men, and a young woman went to the Bunny Man Bridge on Halloween night, only to be found the following day hung by the bridge, or hung from the bridge with their bodies slashed open, all with notes attached to their feet saying the same thing. You'll never catch the Bunny Man. Well, and this is the one that there's multiple versions, and one of them has it where Griffin was in the crash or whatever and escaped but they never caught him and that this happened it kept saying some years later so i don't know like how far is that from 1904 
is it all the way to 1943? I don't know. But the whole thing was supposed to be, this is what happened after. It said that there was some, like, young people hanging out by the bridge. And, like, at midnight, they saw, like, a bright light or something. And then they were suddenly hung up from the bridge. Which doesn't make sense to me. Because if they're dead, who's going to tell us that they saw a bright light and at midnight were instantly hung from the bridge? Like, Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's kind of weird, but it always gets roped in there, and then this one had a specific year. So, I don't know. That's where, like, there are a lot of versions, but the one that we told in the beginning is the one that I felt like made the most sense, like, chronologically. Let's see. And then, even more recently, and by recently I mean almost 20 freaking years ago, um, in <coughs> 2001, <laughs> after hearing the tale, six local students and a guide searched the area, and they found mutilated bunny parts during their search, and they left the forest because they heard noises and saw figures moving around in the woods. Ugh. Yeah, I tried to look up like forums and stuff of people who actually go there, for, you know, like, paranormal hunts and ghost tours and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it seems like a lot of them say that there's, like, a scary, almost kind of, like, small shack or something not too far from the bridge. And then past the woods, there's, like, a big building that they're all like, that's the asylum. We've seen people walking around in the woods over there, and I hightailed it out. But I couldn't find any official, like record of there being a shack or anything like that. It could just be, like, a homeless person who's like, here's a pretty decent building that I can party in, and there's rabbits everywhere. Hungry. Well, Brian Conley is an archivist, archivist for the Fairfax County government, and in, 19, in the 1990s, he worked for the country's library system as a historian, and apparently people kept coming in and asking if the bunny man was real. He got tired of telling people, I don't know. So he set out to find out if any of it was true. I like how his irritation of having to be like, I don't know, motivated him to be like, time to find out. That's, I don't want people to ask me anymore. I want to know. You're going to make me learn. Yeah. You're going to make me do research. Whatever. So according to Conley, this version is demonstrably false. Among other inconsistencies, Conley notes, there has never been an asylum for the insane in Fairfax County, and that Lorton Prison didn't come into existence until 1910, and even then, it was an arm of the District of Columbia Correction Systems, not Virginia's. Moreover, court records show neither a Griffin nor a Walster, nor is there any record of a local teenager murdering his family. No one has ever hung themselves on Bunnyman Bridge, nor have any homicides occurred near there, or have they... More on that later. Uh, The Colchester overpass wasn't built until around 1906, two years before the ill-fated bus crash was supposed to have occurred. Like others who have attempted to verify these tales, Conley concluded they're false. In short, he wrote, the bunny man did not exist. Boo. I wanted more murder. Conley? Isn't Conley supposed to be like... Your dude, pretty much? I mean, you don't want to believe in this shit. You love proving people wrong. I do. He was probably just sitting at home being like, mm. Mm. No, he did. I think he wrote a book or two. I probably should have looked that up, but yeah. he he did he did the the legwork and he said no. Now cut it out. 
But it doesn't matter. I mean, he's done all this, and this was in the 1990s, mm -hmm. and people still show up from all around. It doesn't matter. They don't care. I mean, people are going to believe whatever the hell they want, so. Mm-hmm. He did all this research and everything, and he actually did manage to find, like, a small seed of truth that might have started the Bunny Man story. Um, it says... Through all of the folklore and the speculation, there were two incidents that could have possibly led to the Bunny Man story that goes around today. Back on October 18, 1970, the Washington Post reported that Air Force Academy cadet Robert Bennett and his fiancée were sitting in a car on the 540 100th block of Guinea Road in Fairfax around midnight near uh, Bennett's uncle's house when a man dressed in a white suit appeared. Bennett thought it looked like he had, like, long bunny ears. I, I couldn't tell if he thought it was, like, a full suit or if he had some sort of, like, headgear on in addition to the white suit. His fiance said that it looked like he was wearing some sort of caperote, which is, like, a weird... Well, not weird. It's a old religious ceremonial hood, with, like, Spanish origin, which to me looks like a KKK hood. Mm. So, you know, it's the South, it's the 70s, who knows? But either way, the guy came and went so fast they didn't really get a good look, and they kind of stuck with the bunny ears thing, because for some reason that made more sense to them, I guess. I guess. <laughs> anyway, so this man is yelling at them, and he was telling the couple that they were on private property and he had their tag number. And then he threw a wooden handled hatchet through the front car window and took off. Um, neither of them was hurt. They were obviously very, very shaken. And they went and they, you know, called the police or whatever. But they didn't find the guy and nothing really came of that. But that was the first one. Two weeks later, the bunny man showed up again about a block away from his original sighting, according to an October 31st Washington Post article. Halloween again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's when the article was. Hmm. I don't know oh. when the actual thing happened, but I mean, they're all in October. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. So, private security guard Paul Phillips spotted the man on the front porch of a new but unoccupied house. He was holding an axe and a weird black, gray, and white bunny costume. Okay, so he's it's an actual bunny costume. Uh, yeah, but this one's all different colors, whereas the other one was just white. So I don't know if he has a set. He's got... <laughs> there are... What did you say? Many dimensions to him? He's multifaceted. <laughs> yeah, he's multifaceted. Sometimes he wants to wear the all-white bunny suit, and sometimes he wants to be a little tricolor bunny. <laughs> Is this a furry? Is he just the early, like... 70s furry that's violent he, for some reason he could be i don't want to put that on the furry community no i mean i don't think the average furry is violent i'm not saying that but i'm saying is he a violent man who also happens to be an early furry did he if <laughs> no i'm sorry i'm not shaming anyone who's furry uh <laughs> i apologize anyways philip said I started talking to him, and that's when he started chopping. What the <laughs> fuck? So he's wearing a bunny costume, and he's chopping wood. Mm-hmm. Okay. So taking several swings at a pole on the porch, he threatened Phillips. Oh, yeah. He's not chopping a tree. He just started, like, chopping down on the porch and swinging it at Phillips. Oh. So <laughs> that's even more terrifying. All right. 
all you people trespass around here. If you don't get out of here, I'm going to bust you on the head. What the fuck? (laughs) So I guess I didn't write the end of that part, but Phillips, obviously, like, he's just a security guard. He's like, I'm not armed or anything. And so he he left. I don't get paid enough for this shit. I'm out. Yeah, he, he left. He obviously went to uh, the police as well. Conley, uh, he tracked down the police and investigation reports that confirmed that the Fairfax County Police had looked for a male in his late teens or early 20s dressed as a bunny, but that they weren't ever able to turn up anything conclusive. Uh, The report said after a very extensive investigation into this and all other causes of the same nature, it is still unsubstantiated as to whether or not there really is a white rabbit and then the case became inactive. I'm guessing the second guy must have looked younger because the first incident, they pretty clearly identified him as an older man. And then the second one, they said it was someone in their like early 20s. So I don't know if it's like a family of rabbits. Hmm. Either way, like neither of these people were ever found. They just kind of let it go. No one was ever spotted again. No more axe chopping rabbits so i guess they were like if they're not actually actively attacking us i guess we're fine conley actually was able to find the couple from the original incident that had been engaged now they are still married um so they didn't really want to talk about it uh but they did confirm that it happened i mean it might have shook them up pretty bad what doesn't scar you horribly (laughs) brings you closer together (laughs) exactly Mm. So they said, I guess he's also able to get a hold of the aunt because it was his uncle's house where they were out on the street. And his aunt came out and was like, I remember very clearly like combing glass from the shattered glass window out of his fiance's hair. And just it was obviously very scary. And luckily, nobody got hurt. But I can imagine being pretty wary like if they never caught him, <laughs> just knowing that he's still out there. And this is in, this is in Virginia. Mm-hmm. This kind of, like, story sounds like a Florida story, no offense, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> this sounds like something that happened There's not enough Florida. gators in it. <laughs> Needs more gators. If he had a gator on a leash while he was, like, threatening the cop, then I'd be like, definitely Florida, 100%. But I'm still at, like, 80% here going, like, are you sure this didn't happen in Florida? Because it sounds like this guy was on PCP and was just like, you know what sounds fun? I'm going to dress up as a bunny and threaten the fuck out of people who come on my property. <laughs> oh, uh, it's it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. Well, given that these incidents, oh man, oh okay. wow, <laughs> that was that was not how you say incidents. Uh, given, <laughs> given that these incidents happened in October of 1970, and the first variations of the Bunny Man urban legend we know today started appearing in the early 70s, it all starts to make sense why the story of a homicidal bunny person who wreaks havoc at Halloween took hold. To this day, no one knows who the real bunny man was or what motivated him. God only knows. So, and then, like, just for a little bit of, like, flavor context as far as, like, urban myths and stuff, when I was looking it up, I saw that there was a uh, cryptozoologist named Lauren Coleman, and he has a blog called Cryptomundo and Mm -hmm. a book called Weird Virginia. And in the section on the Bunny Man, he talked about a direct association between this legend and that of the Goat Man of nearby Maryland. And this is different from the Goat Man of Goat Man's Bridge 
here in North Texas. Goatmen just run all over the place, apparently. I feel like there are a lot of Goatman legends. Like, you um, wouldn't think so, but apparently that's a very common thread. Yeah, this one is very different from ours, though. This one mm. says the Goatman is a axe-wielding, half-animal, half-man creature that was mm. once a scientist who worked in the Beltsville Agricultural Research Center. Um, this tale says he was experimenting on goats until one backfired and he was mutated becoming goat-like himself he then began attacking cars with an axe roaming the back roads of beltsville maryland and there's a variation of that that also says that the old uh the goat man is an old hermit who lives in the woods walking alone at night along fletchertown road so the whole beast man axes roads it just seems like it's the same version kind of spreading out and mutating, much like the goat man himself. Are we sure this isn't like an eight-year-old boy's like manuscript for <laughs> like a, a supervillain's like origin story that they just found like on a street? I don't like in know. the garbage. I don't know. That's what it sounded like. <laughs> you were reading it and I was like, an eight-year-old boy made a comic of this and someone picked it up and they were like, this is real life. This is true. I need to tell everyone. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> I feel like this is at least like 13 to 14 year old level. No. No, eight. eight? It's solid eight. I... 13, 14 year olds? No, 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 no. <laughs> Mm-mm. Eight. <sighs> Very confident about this. I feel like eight year olds don't care about cars as much. At like 13 or 14, you're so close to being able to drive that all you can think about is taking an axe. <laughs> And chopping them. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe. Anyways, because of its association with the legend, the overpass is a popular destination for paranormal enthusiasts, ghost hunters, and curiosity seekers. Interest increases around Halloween, and starting in 2003, local authorities began controlling access to the area during that time. During Halloween 2011, over 200 people, some from as far away as the Pennsylvania-Maryland state line, were turned away during a 14-hour traffic checkpoint into the area. What the hell? That's what I'm this saying. Conley did all this work and people are just like, mm, I love It's real! I love this money, bunny man goodness. You can't tell me nothing. Happy Halloween. Stupid. All right. Visitors from outside the area may be unaware that Colchester Overpass is an active intersection of trains and traffic. The railroad tracks overhead are used by trains of Norfolk Southern Railway, Virginia Railway Express, the Manassas Line, and Amtrak. Uh, Virginia Railway Express and Amtrak together account for 90 trains using the overpass each week. Jesus. Uh, in the vicinity of Colchester Overpass, Colchester Road is narrow and winding with limited visibility, and in Fairfax County, Virginia, it is illegal to trespass on posted railroad tracks and to loiter in a public roadway. So don't go there. You'll get in trouble. Well, that's where I tried to look around, but I couldn't find any confirmation when I was trying to look for, like, actual deaths or incidents and stuff like that. Because one article I read said, even though no one had actually been murdered at the bridge that people had died from like messing around on the train tracks and like either jumping off and getting injured or killed or being hit by the train when i tried to confirm that i couldn't find anything but i mean it makes sense if people 
are on there messing around, maybe not actually dying. You know, I could see someone breaking their leg or their hip or their body, you know. But <laughs> so everyone yeah. likes a good yeah. spooky haunted bridge, but do not get hit by a train. Also, a 14-hour traffic checkpoint. That is too much. You could watch a scary movie, go to a haunted house, real or manufactured by your local theater troupe. You could just, you could do so many things other than go here where nothing is really happening. Yeah, that feels like a big waste of time. Also, like, I feel like at the two-hour point, no, not even that. I feel like the 45-minute point, I'd be like, is this worth it? I'm going home. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. 14 hours? No, not happening. This is why I can't, like, understand people who wait outside on Black Friday. Like, the dedication, <laughs> I'm impressed by it, but also, literally, nothing appeals to me that much to wait that long overnight for anything. I might do it for, like, a nice 4K TV. <sighs> I mean, maybe it's not as bad anymore because of all of the, like, online sales, so a lot of people aren't doing the lineup stuff, but, whew. Mm-hmm. Woof. Newsflash. You're welcome. Thank you. That was beautiful. So, this is what I was talking about with the whole, like, murder, yes or no, because when I was trying to find all this stuff, I saw that very recently, they actually have had some trouble with homicides near the bridge mm. and there's a probable explanation for it but bunny man <laughs> bunny man so back on april 18th of this year which is 2018 this was a news report said police are investigating what they call an apparent homicide on colchester road in fairfax station on wednesday a passerby saw a man laying on the side of the road a little bit before 7 a.m in the 6500 block of colchester road responding officers saw the man had trauma to his upper body which i don't know what that means and i don't like it Rescue crews determined that he was dead on the scene. Police said no weapons were found, and investigators are now awaiting results from the medical examiner's office. Police do not believe there is a threat to the public. Few other details were given, and anyone with information is asked to contact the police. Mary, who lives nearby and asked to not have her last name used, was out walking her dog when she saw police in her neighborhood. She said she was surprised to hear a homicide investigation was underway. There's horse country around us, and it's very quiet, she said. It's a very peaceful place to live. The man's body was found not far from a railroad overpass that has become well-known to some for its connection to local urban legends. The Colchester Overpass, also known as Bunny Man Bridge, is the site of several frightening legends about a man in a bunny costume. And so then on May 23rd of 2018... This year mm -hmm, of our Lord. This year of our Lord. Police investigating the second traumatized body found in Clifton in just over a month. FCPD homicide detectives are investigating a suspicious death after a second body with upper body trauma. Man, I struggled over that sentence. <laughs> uh, FC You're scared of the upper body trauma. I, I was like, how many times have I said body? It felt like so many. Body, body, body. Body, body, body. <laughs> <laughs> the body was discovered in the 6100 block of Union v Village Drive, and police say an autopsy was conducted May 22nd on 26-year-old James McDonald of Chantilly, who was discovered May 21st with trauma to his upper body. Detectives say they are trying to determine the official cause and manner of death. 
McDonald's body marks the second young man's body discovered in Clifton with upper body trauma in just over one month. On April 18th, FCPD detectives identified a identified the body of homicide victim Michael Cooker, 30, of Herndon. So, that was the first victim. When I looked it up, I mean, even though it seems kind of suspicious and weird that they keep saying upper body trauma, and I don't know what that entails. I mean, that can mean just, like... It could, I imagine upper body trauma could mean like stab wounds or, um, it could mean something even more like intense, like part of his upper body is missing. Like, I think it just sort of is supposed to suggest like the upper body is where most of the damage was. Or an axe. Or an axe. Uh (laughs) I don't know. Regardless of how they actually died, a lot of people were saying that there's been a higher incidence of drug problems and and stuff like that in the area so they were like this could just be a drug trade gone wrong maybe someone walking in on a drug deal and unfortunately being killed so oh that reminds me of that um my favorite murder episode from was it last week or the week before it was a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. the the railway boys yeah that was really sad and then like how the entire essentially like police force in the town was basically in on it and stuff that's the theory anyways it's mm-hmm. messed up but i mean that seems more likely than the bunny man killing these young men like scary in its own way it's sad if they just wandered in and were murdered yeah so especially since this area since they're always trying to keep people from going up on the bridge you think that there would be like more police around there and that might deter people from doing murder but maybe they just dumped the body there. Yeah. But it was just so recent. I was like, man, I'm looking it up. And when I'm trying to just look up articles, it's like, here, body, body, body. And by that, I mean two bodies. Yeah. It, I don't know. It is it is weird how, like, recently that was. I mean, that was, what, three, four months ago? Mm-hmm. Not long at all. But that's the Bunny Man Bridge. It's a spooky-looking bridge, but I think you can make any bridge look kind of scary. And, of course, when I looked it up, people were on forums talking about how anytime they go through, there's always scary graffiti and, like, blood on the walls and stuff. But most likely that's just people, like, splashing some red paint and making a mess and they're constantly having to paint over it. Because there's also a lot of photos and walkthroughs from people on YouTube where there's nothing there. So I imagine it's probably just a real big pain in the butt to have to go in there and paint over the graffiti Oh man, I feel really bad for basically the people who have to like clean that up. Because knowing all of the legends and knowing how like dangerous that area is just because, one, people have been murdered there recently. And two, like they said, narrow windy road the railroad tracks i would be so pissed i'd be like could y'all fucking stop because i have to clean it up and i have to be here like by myself cleaning this dumb shit up because y'all are stupid i'm mad for this person i don't know who they are but i'm sending good karma to them right now it's hard to someone doing their community service well they don't they don't deserve to have to clean up that (laughs) shit on a dangerous spot i'll never throw tp all over my neighbor's house ever again good can you get community service for that I don't know. I think you have to do something a little more, like, I think community service is typically for, like, small theft and stuff like that. Um, Mooning people? Probably, like, when people press charges that are mild Mm. and they're young. Mm. I'm basing this all off of misfits, so I have no fucking (laughs) clue. That's what I was thinking of, too. I've literally never done anything bad, so (laughs) I have no idea. Just someone who stole some pick and mix. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, he was definitely an asshole about it, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. All he did was steal some pick and mix. So, what do you have this week? Let's see. I started watching this show called... It's not spooky at all. Um, not even a little bit? I mean, a little in that it's spooky <laughs> that for some reason they were like, only men should be on this show, mostly. Um... <laughs> but it's called uh it's like a korean reality show and it's on netflix and it's just sort of like a collection of their quote-unquote best episodes and sometimes they do have like female panel members but it's called um abnormal summit or non-summit it's a south korean tv program and it's basically they have like a collection of 11 to 12 men sometimes women but i feel like that's way less common they all speak korean but they're from different countries like and it'll sort of change out like there's normally someone from canada the u.s um occasionally germany sometimes it's the uk like britain or uh, there's normally like a france sometimes there's mexico belgium there's normally a japan a china italy australia it's just a bunch of different countries and they all kind of like get together and they debate different topics and sort of try to come to an understanding of like different cultures and and things like that. And it's really interesting because you learn a lot about like different cultures and sort of the mindset, although you're all getting it from like a male perspective. So that's the only thing that sometimes bothers me. Mm -hmm. But in general, it's like very interesting. I liked watching the one about sex education because a lot of them, some of them are more conservative. Some of them are more liberal. Like there's this one guy from Turkey. Don't like him. (laughs) Zero stars for Ennis. (laughs) He's really sexist. Uh, (laughs) I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of him. Like, I don't think all of Turkey is like that, obviously. But he personally does not. I don't like him. Everyone else I like. Turkey, come get your boy. It's mostly just because he's, like, super forceful about his opinion. And if he was a little more chill, I'd be like, okay, I still don't like you. But at least, like, I respect that you're whatever. But he said something about, like, if your wife wants to do something dangerous, like, you shouldn't let her do it. And I was just like, what? Excuse me? What did you just say to me? <laughs> what did you just say to me? But, I mean, obviously, differences in culture. So, but, I mean, everybody's respectful and everybody gets along and it's mostly funny. But I haven't watched the one where it's all female panelists, but I'm looking forward to that one. It's something to check out if you just kind of want to, like, learn a little about other cultures and it's you know countries that i feel like don't always get talked about in like especially u.s centric western media Mm -hmm. because i mean i had no idea like the differences between like a lot of the european countries like vary so much you know Mm -hmm. so that's been interesting what about you well i finished it a while back but i forgot to talk about it i watched alias grace a while back finally I really liked it. It was one of those where I'm watching it and the whole time I'm like, I can't wait to read about the real story behind this because it's based on the book. It's on Netflix. It's based on the book by Margaret Atwood, which she took kind of loosely from the story of the life of Grace Marks, who was a a famous murderess. She was from Ireland but then she moved to Canada when she was younger. Her real story, there's not a whole lot about it. So I was kind of surprised by how thorough the series was. Because <laughs> I looked it up to be like, I wonder what really happened and what they made up for the show. The show seems like a lot of it is mostly made up. It opens up where like she's already been convicted and is in prison for 
murdering these two people, but there's a doctor, Dr. Simon Jordan, and he's played by by Edward Holcroft, and man, they they got me good. He's a mix between clean-shaven Chris Evans and David Duchovny. Whew. That is, that's like right up your alley. It's a lot. I'm watching it and the whole time I'm like, okay, he's not the perfect ta- like character. He's just very handsome in his own Taylor-specific way. But don't watch it just for Edward Holcroft. Um, but so it's kind of like a true crime-esque sort of thing, but there's a little bit of paranormal stuff because the main character, Grace Marks, has feelings about like what happens to the spirit when it leaves your body. Like if you die and you don't open a window for it to go out, it becomes trapped and stuff like that. So, but this, the storytelling was really interesting. Uh, Anna Packin, Packin? How do you say her last name? Is it Edward Holcroft that you're attracted to? Dr. Simon Jordan? Yeah, that's, that's him. Are you looking at him? Yep. What do you think? I am not into it at oh all. Oh my god. But <laughs> that is a very you face. Like I see it and I go, "Yep." Uh, that's Taylor. Not even that's a Taylor not man. even a little bit. Nope. He's so cute. My type's more Zachary Levi or Levy. Who's that? Mm, he plays Jeremiah. I don't know. Jeremiah's nice. See, that's what I'm saying. We have very different tastes. You look at him and you go, eh. I look at Dr. Simon, and I go, uh. But he's, he's like, pining the whole thing. It's like, like, I just want to love you. Let me love you. And they say, no, no. I mean, I'm also just looking at an image of him. Sometimes people are more attractive, like, when you're watching them moving. Mm-hmm. So maybe that has something to do with it also. Well, if you get an, uh, if you, if you get a wild hair, it's, uh, it's not very long. Alias Grace, I can't remember how many episodes it is, but it's a mini series. It's good. I like it. Kind of hits that that true true crime itch if you've got it. There's also shades of your husband in his face. So shades of Mark. I think that's also part of why I'm like, yeah, I get it. I know, but he's blonde. Yeah. That's the one thing. I'm like, how come these people that I'm attracted to have to have blonde hair? Because I'm not really into blonde hair. I'm always like, if you could just have brown hair. He's not blonde in real life. No, but in the show, he's blonde. Mm. That man. Anyway, don't watch it just for that, because apparently you will probably not be as attracted to him as I am. I I mean, I'm not saying that I'm every woman. I'm, I'm not, so it's fine. Or every man. I'm not I'm not anyone special. I'm just a woman looking at a man and going, mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good way to put it. Anyways. Overall, I thought it was very good, and, like, it definitely has kind of the suspense. It's not so much scary. I'm hoping that that new Sabrina miniseries is going to be scary. I haven't watched any uh, yeah. of Riverdale. I keep getting mixed stuff. Some people love it, and then other people are like, it's super problematic, and I hate it. So I haven't been able to fully commit yet. But Sabrina looks so good, and there's witchcraft in it, and blood, and monsters. And so I am here for it. We're all here for it. I'm pretty sure we're doing like a watch party and eating Halloween themed foods when it comes out. Yeah, Yeah, that's our plan. We're all going to get together and watch it. I'm very excited. I'm also excited to watch Hocus Pocus and Practical Magic. Do you watch those every year around Halloween? Pretty much. Gotta get into the spooky spirit. I know. I don't know if I have any scary movies that I watch specifically at Halloween. Because I watch scary movies like all year round yeah i I mean i also like watching rosemary's baby around this time of year and um uh crimson peak upon re-watching crimson peak i really like it but i feel like 
we had built it up or I had built it up so much in my mind and like hopes when we first went to see it that I was really disappointed. But rewatching it, I really enjoy it. Like I've watched it a bunch of times and I really like it. I was under the guise that it was going to be a scarier movie. Mm-hmm. And there are definitely parts of it that are scary, but mm-hmm. also it's just beautiful. It's beautiful. It's a movie. beautiful movie. Well, I think that's going to do it for us. Becca's got to go get her nails did, and she's going to post pictures of it all over the internet. No, I'm not. It's of my feet. I'm not going to post pictures of my mm. feet on the internet. Are you going to get a Halloween pedicure? Probably not, but I know that I'm going to get a Halloween manicure in a few weeks. Gonna get those black nails. We'll keep everyone updated. I know everyone is really interested. If Becca was gonna post pictures of it, which she's not, she could do it on our new Instagram. Oh yeah. <laughs> we finally have an Instagram. I mean, same kind of thing. If if you wanna follow us on social media for updates on when we're gonna post or what we're posting about or photos that kind of go along with the topic at hand, you can follow us over on Instagram. It's Ghost Emoji Show, just like our tweeter. You can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Ghost Emoji Show. You can send us emails with questions, scary stories, whatever you feel like that isn't rude to Ghost Emoji Podcast at gmail.com. And I guess we'll see you in another two weeks. Two weeks closer to Halloween. I can hardly wait. Well, thanks again for listening. We appreciate all the new followers and stuff on our Instagram, it warms our, our cold little hearts. And uh, until next time, always remember to say goodbye. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.